Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the podcast. It's uh, 2018, autumn, and the box set, box set pod is back. My name is Howell, this is Jamie, uh, and this is Matthew Wandless in London. Hello. Yeah, starting with the energy of a thousand bulls. Um, how are we all? Uh, have you missed me for the last two or three months? I haven't been able to sleep mm. or bathe myself. Well, I I know, and I, I I must come down and bathe you again because I know that you don't do it without me. So I'll, oh. I'll be there asap. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. Hopefully, you've been listening to my round the world for less than a grand, um, slightly misleading title, but uh, also true if you're talking flights. Um, I hope you excuse me for putting that on the box set pod stream. But now we're here to talk telly once more. TV. Uh, and we're recording this on the day that Netflix has just had a bumper quarter. Um, they, had a, they had a bad quarter at the last one and the share price dropped. With one minute to go before the closing bell yesterday, I thought, oh, do you know what? I believe in Netflix. I'm going to buy one more share. I bought one more share and within 10 minutes, uh, it had risen by about 50% because they had a really good quarter. They put on millions of people and... There's a lot on there at the moment, isn't there? Is anyone else? Uh... Yeah, they've been talking a lot about um, the, the films, basically, like the, the number 80 million um, viewers of the films, the original Netflix films that have been created. Right. And uh, they've been highlighting some of the big wins. The weird thing is, I don't think I've watched a single Netflix original film on there. Really? Have, have any of you? Have yeah. any of you watched a film they've, they've made? I've no, wa- I've watched a lot of the Adam Sandler ones. They were fun. Oh no, I, yeah, you're right. I have seen the ridiculous six, and that was heinous. Well, it's, um, it's, some of his other ones on there are a lot better than that one. That's that's by far the worst. Um, and then there's uh, oh, I saw another one recently that was a big oh the one that Paul Greengrass has done about the uh, 22 July. Yeah, the one who murdered um, all the the Norwegians back in 2011. Um, Ennis something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anus, whatever his name is. And it was, uh, it, that's a very good film. Uh, you know, Captain Phillips is one of my favourite films uh, ever. And he's Paul Greengrass is very good at taking those real stories, isn't he? I think. Mm, very good. So that's worth a watch. Um, and there's just loads more. There, there was a highlight on my trip, actually, that <coughs> we were in Kyoto in Japan and we went to a uh, bar. And he said uh, that it was quite busy, and often bars in Japan have m- lots of levels but are very small. And I said, oh, it's a bit busy. And the barman said, oh, you can go to the lounge on the second floor if you want. There's Netflix and everything. And we're like, okay. So Sarah and I sat there drunk, alone in this massive lounge and just watched the first couple of episodes of the animated one, you know, the Mac, the new Matt Groening one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen wow. It that's quite funny. That's, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. 
it's not a bad start. But even I, I haven't watched that. Even no. funnier when um, drunk in Japan and sitting and watching TV <clears> for the first time in a month. What else? Uh, what else is going on? Oh my this, god! Oof. Sorry, have you watched Norseman? Either of you? No. no, I saw it. I saw. I saw it's up on Netflix. It looks quite. It's a comedy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it, honestly. I think it's my favourite thing on Netflix that I've seen in a long time. It's so okay. funny. It's it's Python meets The Office, and it's um, so. To give you an example, do you know the do you know the old Norwegian thing of um, uh, in the Viking days? The the older members of the tribe would be expected to jump off a cliff. There's a name to it called like the I don't know. I'm going to make up a word, but called something like the the hit guard, and they jump off the cliff, shouting Valhalla, and they go to heaven. And the idea is that they uh, get out the way so that the tribe don't have to look after elderly people. Um, and there's this scene where a slave has been asked to take the old people up, and they're all standing there in sort of loincloths, these old men on the edge of this massive cliff. He's going, okay, so, um, yeah, if, if you could all just um, take your time, one at a time, jump off the edge uh, of the cliff, that would be great. And they're going, and this is a matter of uh, honour? Oh, yeah, this is about the most honourable thing you can do. Uh, it's fantastic. And one of them goes, okay. So he jumps off, and they watch him land. And then there's just this five-minute conversation of all the old men going, you know, I don't, I don't think it's for me. I just don't think it's my thing. Um, I yeah, I think I'm going to give it a miss, and, and and they end up coming up with some deal with the slave who just wants to go back to the village that they'll go and like live in the woods, and he can go back and tell them that they jumped, and it, it's just a lot of kind of um, funny in conversations. It's kind of like W1A, but with the Vikings, so they're all talking about fairness all the time and stuff, trying to build a society. It's um, it's just really good. There is a lot, yeah. I do, yeah. I do like look at that, and there's a lot. You know, loads of really good stuff. I think this the, the last sort of uh, two months you've been away, Howell. Yeah. Uh, and interesting, some good British stuff that we should get. Is we we should tuck into like what the bodyguard. Uh, mm-hmm. The bodyguard was huge over here. I mean, it was. Ma- I mean, it was genuinely event TV for for six weeks. So this wasn't uh, the um, documentary about Whitney Houston that I watched on the plane. That's called the Bodyguard. God, no. no. Okay. This was uh, a thriller written by the guy who did The Line of Duty. Similar kind of style and similar kind of twisty-turny thriller. There was also Killing Eve, which we need to talk about as well. This is written by the writer of Fleabag, and it's uh, based on a book as well. And It's a very interesting, funny, dark, assassin-based thriller. This we need to talk about. Uh, there's also been, uh, we're going to talk about Maniac tonight, which is definitely worth tucking into. I've just started Succession, uh, which is on uh, Sky Atlantic and stars Brian Cox. And it's directed by uh, Adam McKay and uh, produced by Will Ferrell. And it's written by Jesse Armstrong, who wrote Peep Show. There's so much good stuff that we need to really dive into. God, I'm, even I'm mention behind the, the times. Dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt hasn't seen any of these. I haven't seen a single one. I've, I, I haven't watched anything on Netflix for ages. Really? I, no, I, well, I mean, I discovered I could get Amazon Prime straight on my TV. Right. And, yeah. um, and then, well, let's see, there's a couple of things. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I watched all of Line of Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Line of Duty, not Line of Duty, sorry. Um, Happy Valley. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah, on there yeah. now, isn't which, it? Which I had missed out on entirely. And uh, so, yeah, I watched two series of that. That was great. 
but then um, I, I kind of yeah, I haven't watched anything new for a while. I guess I I, I fell out of love with um, Better Call Saul, and I still haven't finished whatever series yeah, we, they're on we, of that. Yeah, okay. we need to talk about that. Let's pause on that for a moment, well, then, shall we? we? Yeah. Okay. We should, okay. Go on. So I, just oh, let, me, let, me, let me just finish my recap quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Sorry. So then, uh, annoyingly, uh, we started watching Sharp Objects, and then it mm. disappeared off Sky, and I haven't managed to get back to it since then. <laughs> Sky. Um, Sky. So, so I was two episodes into it, and I was really it's, enjoying it. it it's bloody like brilliant it was going to be absolutely horrific but um it's bloody uh, horrific and brilliant it's got to be yes. finished you've got to find a way back in there i will i will find a way it's on top top of my priority list um and then i um yeah like i said i've been doing a retrospective so i i went and i've been plowing through parks and recreation which i oh. had said i would never watch Ah. Oh, why, why would you say that to yourself? Who says I that? You might have said it to us, actually. I have said that, I think, probably. I watched the whole of the first series. And it's not very because good. Because people told me that I would eventually like it. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. And I still have a problem with the format. It's the same problem I have with The American Office and Modern Family, mm-hmm. which is that they abuse the documentary format. Right. They look at the camera um, too much. Yep. No, 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 no! It's not that they look at the camera too much. It's just that they, that there is no way that that documentary would ever be made. Mm-hmm. So they are just—they are simply using the um, the, the storytelling uh, shortcuts that a documentary affords you to make a show that doesn't make any sense. But I d- yeah, I have let it go because it's fucking funny. Oh, it's just the <laughs> yeah. best. Finally, yeah, so thing. tell us what it's like to learn something about yourself. What you know, your life could have passed without this experience. No, fair enough. And I, you know, I hold my hands up and say I was wrong. But have you? Wow. You, you guys are both community fans, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know that there is the episode where Pierce is. Um, he fakes his own. He fakes that he's dying. Yes. And he gets them all into the hospital, and Arbed films a documentary about it. Yeah. And every time I watch it, I think about this scene where Abed, Abed says, uh, I'm curious about the documentary format because it allows you to tell a compact story by simply having the characters narrate it straight into the camera. <laughs> and then uh, Pierce says straight into the camera, I'm not actually dying. I've actually brought them all here to act uh, out my psychological vengeance on all of them. <laughs> and then it cuts back to Abed and he says, see, fish in a barrel. <laughs> uh, and that's what I think of every time I watch it. It's uh, just like, you are cheating because they get to do that thing where something happens, one person makes an assumption and they cut away to another character going, that's not what's happening. This is how I feel. But don't you feel and that they almost such move... such an easy gag. Don't you think that as time goes on, though, the, the first series is very um, concerned with keeping it quite documentary-like and lots of awkward office pauses and stuff and then they move away from it and it just it becomes almost like something that they stuck with because they started it but it it moves a lot more like a traditional um you know one camera comedy almost after the first series it rattles along a lot quicker yes but they still get to use the tropes of it which i think is cheating yeah, because well, I like it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I think you forgive it because it is just really funny. It's just yeah. bloody funny, and in the end, you're just drawn into the characters, and you forget that you watch. I, I forget a lot of the times that they're they're, they're failing in creating a proper documentary f- reality. Because I just enjoy. Well, they're the not world trying to anymore, end. as you said. Well, they're no, not they're, trying yeah, to. They, they've they've given up the ghost a little bit. 
by the second and third series. And by then, they're actually enjoying it. They're actually enjoying the process of the sh- developing these characters, and it doesn't matter that it's trying to be a bit officey or, or whatever. Uh, anyway, so, big recommendation for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, <laughs> well, look, for anyone who has just joined this podcast or for anyone who hasn't watched Parks and Rec, let's just say then that the, once again the theory is proven correct that if you just listen to what we tell you to watch and watch it your life will be happier and now Matthew Wanless has come around to realise that and see me and Jamie as some sort of oracles um, and uh, that's a lovely feeling it's very important that Matt feels this contrite feeling in his stomach that he's feeling right now because maybe he'll listen to us again Uh, yeah I'm going to go watch Chuck next yeah that's right um but yeah, let's go back to um, Better Call Saul. What's what, where, where yeah. are you both at? Because Jamie, obviously, well, we had uh, quite a showdown yeah. uh, a, a year ago. Let's make it very clear here. Better Call Saul's first three seasons are at times storytelling perfection. Their fourth season, which has just been released and has just finished, the finale was on last Tuesday um, on AMC and on Netflix, has been a disappointment. And I, I'm really sad about that because ironically season four of breaking bad is the best season of breaking bad and yet the be- the worst season of better call soul is season four and I- i'm so disappointed in how slow and incomplete episodes felt i don't know where you are how well have you even started it i'm about three episodes in and uh one of my favourite podcasts is Adam Buxton's podcast, and in his recent one at the end, he he talks about how he thinks that pretty much one of the most perfect episodes of TV he's ever seen is halfway through this series. I've not seen it yet, but it shows them uh, Saul and uh, what's her name, he's Kim, Kim going about their days separately, and it's kind of got split screen. It starts with them split screen or something cleaning their teeth in the mirror and you see how they're growing apart from each other and he thinks it's yeah. just about the most perfect thing he's ever seen so i i am split wow. I, I have been feeling similar to what you've just described jamie but i'm, I'm looking forward to that episode obviously now but also I, yeah. I don't um i don't know if it's so starkly different i feel like maybe you've seen no. the light maybe your relationship has changed it seems quite similar yeah. to the last one to me no I, I, well i, I think, think it so. is quite similar to the last one and actually well, what you're you feeling is it. the fatigue you, that i no. started to experience <laughs> two series ago that. i you think you've just let that. matthew one let's get into your head no Jamie. no 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 <laughs> let me explain i have analyze this in great detail in my head while this pod hasn't been on yeah and i uh, i know the issues with this show i can't tell you how many episodes of season four ended and i went is that it is that the end of the episode That happened about four or five times. I know why it's not working now. One of the big reasons it's not worked this series is because it's getting closer to catching up with where where Saul is in Breaking Bad. And when you get to that point where you're trying to tie everything together, the arc of of Saul's character, Mm. it slows up the plotting massively. And I think they're struggling with that. Have you read that that somewhere? Or is that just cooked up? No, no, that's just cooked up in my... When I've been... Well, let me say, let me just say, once again, I have to, you know, every, so let's say three times a year, Jamie impresses me greatly, and I'm reminded why he is actually sometimes a clever human being. Um, 
and I mean, this man has done some idiotic stuff in his life. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I could list many, many things, but... Don't haven't we all, though? Yeah, uh, yeah, but, th- I mean, this one is... You know, I've mentioned it a lot, but when he went to the garage three times because his windscreen washers weren't working, and it turned yeah, out he was actually pulling it. his indicator, that, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> okay. And yet, Excellent. he can come up with a nugget like that that I don't think he's even read online and stolen from Empire Magazine or something. It's amazing. That, that what is, are we talking about? It's hard to end a show. Is that what we're calling a nugget? Yeah. Well, it's an insightful comment. No, well, well, Thanks, the thing is, that was my. That was <laughs> I had begun to think that I'd begun to question whether that was the issue because uh, you start seeing these characters that are getting closer to. You know, I'm even starting to go. Oh, I remember now what part this guy had in Breaking Bad. You begin to join the dots and you go, Oh, you know what the overriding feeling is now. I know how it ends. That's the overriding feeling yeah. with all of the characters. Yeah. I know how it ends. So I'm watching him play with his kid on the playground, and I'm going, I know how it ends, and this scene just makes me sad now. Mm. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or will he stay with his partner? Will he stay together with her? Well, I know how it ends now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely it's a struggle that I think a lot of shows have. When you're doing... when any when Not just shows, but films do prequels or... Or, or backstories, you know, mm. it, it's it's always going to be a struggle to like to maintain the show's own identity whilst also tying it in with what's come before it or, or comes after it. Even and it's not that that's not the only problem though. The other problem is, and this is a bit of a spoiler. So if you if you've not watched it, uh, mm. season three, then turn right. off. But okay, Chuck's, ten seconds. Turn it down ten, for ten seconds. Ten seconds. Go. Chuck not being in season four is a massive loss to the show like he's a huge part of what makes uh what makes it so interesting his relationship with Saul his well, brother, come back his, if you his, turned it down oh, for 10 really? seconds I mean um, I think it's honest, a huge I was thing. done with that um no no well I just think he's a good, he's a great actor so that well, you, you do fed miss up of, he was a good actor yes absolutely but I was fed up of the constant cycle of like oh, we hate each other, and oh, we betray each other, and oh, actually, we really love each other, but actually, no, we have to betray each other, and we're fundamentally different people. It's yeah, like, I got yeah. it by the end of the last series. Yeah. So I thought that ended exactly no, at my point. The I problem think I think that everyone is having is that the, that the the narrative tricks that they use, which I've highlighted in the past, mm-hmm. are simply wearing thin. Like, no, I've got no. So many of the episodes, and I, and I have stopped, I can't think which episode I'm on, but um, we've just lost interest because I cannot start another episode and be greeted with a two or three minute um, uh, montage that's shot a with, silent, without any silent dialogue, comedy. Yeah, yeah. silence yeah. and yeah. some kind of obscure piece of music. And it's and that kind of it's coming at something from an oblique angle. It's like watching a Rolf Harris cartoon being drawn, you know, where you can't quite no or Art <laughs> Attack. That's what it's like. It's like Neil, oh, whatever his oh, name is, Neil Buchanan. Like, What's he making, Neil Buchanan? What's he doing with those poles and those things? And it's like, oh, my is, gosh, in that it's an situation, I, I have an argument with myself when I'm watching that though, because on the one hand, I go. Well, this is this is great. It's silent comedy, and why shouldn't they? Why should they write loads of dialogue? It's a visual medium. We've got hooked up in the idea that dialogue has to be smattered all over the place. Don't Isn't this great? What I'm saying for but that, the, it's, it's well, just the fact that they lean on it. So well, that's the problem. Is that I, I find myself going, well, if I'm having to talk myself into this argument, there's a problem. 
I shouldn't yeah. be. I shouldn't be well, sat there going, "Wow, wasn't this?" You know, there's some shots that they do that, like, are, um, you know, five minute non-stop shots, and on their own, in terms of cinematography, what a great thing to have done. But again, I'm going. I'm respecting the filmmakers rather than going. Well, I've, I'm being carried along into the story here. Plus, I, I think you're wrong. I think I think you're wrong. I think the devices that they use are brilliant at times, but they're, when they're used in the right way. And the problem with season four is they're using them for stuff that you don't care about. There's mm. a lot in mm. season four. I mean, there's a whole episode almost dedicated to who should get who who Gus should hire to build his underground meth lab. Right. And I don't know if you've got there yet, no. or you probably haven't. Um, Nor and, have I. No. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not, it's not really a spoiler. I, mean, I don't care shit? about that at all. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it really annoyed me because it, what it does is it's, today, it's saying, oh, you love Breaking Bad, don't you want to know how the meth lab was made? Actually, mm. no, I don't give a shit yeah. how the meth lab was made. And I'm really angry with them because they're using those skills and those techniques that you maybe get irritated by, Matt, for stuff that doesn't need to be used for, when they use it in the right way, and they have used it in the right way in Soul, and they've used it brilliantly at times in Breaking Bad, I keep going, I'll always go back to the season, the first season of Breaking Bad, when he first has to kill someone, Walter, and he, he passes out, and that plate breaks, and he's got that guy tied down his cellar, and he's going to let him go, but he takes the plate back upstairs, and he, before he puts it in the bin, he checks to see if the pieces of the plate are all there and there's one piece missing and he realises that the guy's got it. That, for me, is brilliant storytelling. I agree tells, with you. It's I, amazing. I wasn't, the, I wasn't the fan of Breaking Bad that a lot of people were. I didn't put it in the same echelons as my very favourite stuff. But I agree with you that there are parts of that where, where they use the techniques that I'm talking about to great effect... But now I'm done with them, and I can't, and, and I don't feel like they've got anything else. They haven't got any more clubs in their bag, and 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 they're they're running out of shots now. They're just, uh, I, I feel like well, it's the same thing every time, and I, and I'm done with it. Well, first of all, I'm bored of Mike to the point where I just want him to die, and I know he's not oh. going to. So it's horrible. Oh, that's that's hard. I mean, I can't, I can't stand him anymore. Like watch, oh. watching him do his real job. It, for for uh, for for Gus instead of um, you know yeah, where he's going yeah. around that whole episode no, where he's being absolutely. a security guy it was like oh my god this is like yeah. how are you doing this I quite enjoyed yeah, that. that this is what we're going to focus on I enjoyed that but then I think back to the, there's an episode I think it might even be in Better Call Saul I can't remember whether it's in this or it's in Breaking Bad where Mike has an elaborate setup where he's got a sniper rifle. And he's hung. The whole episode starts oh, yeah, on yeah, the shot of a so. pair of shoes or boots that are hanging from uh, a, a telegraph wire, mm. and then it comes full circle. And basically, he shoots the shoes, and they're full of sand, and something goes on top of a truck, and that means he's able to yeah. follow it. Right. And it's like it's brilliantly mapped out, and you appreciate it. But then it's just there's too much of it now. Mm. And uh, I do think you're right, Jamie, that they're. Well, maybe I don't. I don't know if I do agree with that because I'm still waiting for them to really ramp up the pace and actually get towards where he uh, be- becomes the character that we remember and that everything gets back to the beginning. Oh because, yeah, the, the, it's gone way too slow. Uh, this yeah. series, in a way, I, there, there's only one series left though now. In a Is way, that, do you, yeah. it, it would have been perhaps more interesting for them to have set themselves the challenge of saying, you know, that there is going to be a five-year gap between the end of Better Call Saul and 
Breaking Bad because then at least you you don't have that re- the responsibility to thread the needle quite so much. Um, no, and- I I don't think that's the, that would been the way to go. I like I, I like what they're doing, but it's just or I like the idea of what they're doing, but at the moment I just feel like the execution is eluding them. I mean, I'm guessing Brian Cranston will just like walk into a shop and buy a Twix at some point, happen to be in the same yeah. town or something. But the other thing is that well, one of the reasons we loved we loved Breaking Bad so much that we always used to talk about was how Vince Gilligan would always um, kind of throw out anything in the writer's room that would pr- purposely prolong stuff, you know? So so he'd go, uh, you know, what is what is the thing we're waiting for to happen here? Well, um, Walter White can't uh, be cured of cancer. So, right, we cure him. He enters remission at that point. You know, there, there's always kind of, he pulls the rug out of his own storytelling. And so you're always surprised. And what we've got used to now in this golden age of Netflix is stuff that's being really clever with form as well, and um, uh, and the, the the way that the shows look are being really um, inventive in a way that they weren't when Breaking Bad came around. So in a way, what Vince Gilligan needed to do with this was challenge himself in 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 terms of the way they put it together, not just the plot. So he should have been aware by now that you know having another fifteen minute shot of somebody walking through the desert is going to get tedious for the audience. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if all of a sudden he he did an episode that was like a um, a sitcom with a laughter track of Better Call Saul that was a, a dream or something. Do you know what I mean? Just like mess with the form as much as the uh, as the story. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think I think part of the problem is that and we we've always scolded shows in the past for this, like Doctor Who and Sherlock. Is when you have fans and you playing to the and I feel mm. like this series especially has almost played to the idea, oh, this is what the fans like. Oh, look, there's a character from Breaking Bad in here. Oh, it, it yeah. just, oh, look, we're making the lab. It feels too much like, oh, fans will love this. Yeah, I Whereas, suppose like, actually, what I'm asking is, do you, do you think there's anything to the argument that it's this isn't now revolutionary? That if we, if we didn't if we weren't spoilt with stuff now mm. since Breaking Bad, would we still be thinking this is phenomenal because of the because of the point of difference compared to everything else? I don't know. Yeah, there might be something mm. in that. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, but without your own Vince, maybe. I don't know. I still think he's a brilliant. Him and Peter Gould are brilliant. Whoa! Wow! Close was the it, basement. Was that uh, was that a cat or the basement? Oh, sorry, sorry. Now just uh, going in the other room. It was a, with, was with a big, big one. That wasn't it? A big one. You know, there's uh, WD forty is quite useful for um, things like that. Well, true. Mm. True. Um, all I right, just well, think that, that anyway, the brilliant storytellers, they've messed up series four for me, even though it's been reviewed quite well. I, I'm surprised, but I, I, I'm disappointed. I'm so disappointed. It doesn't mean that Matt's right about breaking better call so because the first three seasons were pure gold. Can End I, of conversation. Can I give you um, two uh, seasons? Can I give you a stat that you might have already heard about Netflix, but I just think is amazing? Um, Netflix yeah. made a revenue of four billion. Right, this year, four billion, and they've made a total profit of 403 million. Can you imagine running a business where you spent that much and actually only brought in that little <laughs> profit? And, uh, that's well, how much profit that's that's not a bad that. Well, yeah, but it, for, I mean, four billion, it's that's how much they're invested, that's how spoiled we are when we're talking about yeah. the you know time it takes for us to watch this. 
scene that's shot by the best people in the business or whatever. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, it is amazing, but I do worry with Netflix. Like I was listening to um, John C. Riley on a podcast talking about Netflix, and he's he and I think a lot of people in the film industry are worried mm. about how Netflix is, you know, using cinema releases just to get into awards categories and is not respecting the form of cinema in its kind of um, the way it's treating its, it, the the industry and how it's trying to almost break the cinema chain with the way with the way it's releasing content and I do worry that Netflix is is doing the same is strong argument I would take that it. argument if the cinema if if the traditional studio system wasn't still just investing in absolutely massive obvious safe bets mm. that's the problem yeah that's true um, it's true what netflix are doing is so much you know it's such a still such a stronger force in the world when you want something that's allowing creative people to make amazing stuff compared to what avengers 25 it's like well c come back when you've actually followed their sort of business model and, and allowed allowed great stuff to be made that's what I say, you, John. Yeah, but you have you have got shares in the business, though, haven't you? Harold? But so the reason you, I've got shares in it is because I genuinely think that you, you'd struggle to find a better run business in terms of how they how they run it and how they um uh yeah. You spend you spend most of your time slagging off the Netflix TV shows, Howell. No, I don't. You've been slagging. You, you you've had a pop at quite a lot of Netflix shows for being too long. Oh yeah, no. There's that's that is a byproduct of giving people total creative freedom, but that'll correct itself because they're in competition with themselves so much now. There's so much stuff on there. How many times have you heard someone say in the last year, "God, there's so much to choose from on Netflix or whatever"? Yeah, absolutely. That's what they're up yeah. against now. So they're True. when they first announced that they they were putting a lot of value in the algorithm that would recommend things to you. I remember us talking about it on here a few years ago, saying what a terrible thing to focus on. Now I realise why because I. I really do struggle to pick what to do next. And the little trailer that pops up for, like, Norseman, for example, I watched that because that scene with them jumping off the rock came on, and I went, that is funny. And they're getting really good at picking the stuff that you're going to like and putting it up front. So, yeah, good move, them. I, yeah, I wish that you could turn that off. Oh, so do I. So do I. I've gone into settings. I've seen if you can do it. But then, you know, that's going to hopefully more often than not help you on to the next thing, so... You know, you just it's just annoying. Mute. Though. It means there's no way to stop anything. It's like you have to you have to go right out of Netflix if you want to shut it up. Yeah, and does it? Have you got Apple TV, Matt? Uh, I, no, I have a Netflix button on my TV. All oh, right, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it if it's the same for everyone, every every way that you use Netflix. But if you don't know what we're on, it does it with you, Jamie? Does it automatically start? Yeah. 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 Okay. So should we move on to Maniac then? Or should we save well, that for next time? Uh, let, let's save it. I mean, let's. Right. Then, why don't we? Yes. Why don't we come back next week? All right. And we'll in depth, deep dive into yeah. a Netflix original series. Well, it's based on a Norwegian show, but it's uh, original Netflix material, and it's called Maniac, starring Emma Stone, Jonah Hill. And you've watched one episode, right, Matt? I have. Okay. Ooh, there's a tone of caution from Matthew. Right. See you next I week. I tried to be neutral with that. Mm. As usual, you can email us studio at theboxsetpod.com. It'd be nice to hear from you, uh, and it's nice to be back. See you next week. Yeah.